Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Back Row, the official podcast of backdashrow.com, champions of unsung and underrated cinema. It is another episode of Cream of the Crud where Carlo and I talk about what we've been watching, news of notable Blu-rays, movies we've screened, uh, and we answer questions from the audience and so much more. It's a potpourri of podcasting for the cinematically deranged. I am one of your co-hosts, Dan Gorman, here as always with Carlo. Hey, what's up? Hey, um, we got a special guest. Yep, we do. We do. Exciting. Joey's yep. here. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. And yep. asking questions when we when we put the questions on Discord. We oh, had a big yeah. chat last episode about <laughs> Valentine's Day movies. Yeah, oh, cool. that was a great question. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, but yeah. uh, I mm. will. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, for the people who don't know, we do know video versions as well for the Patreon. Mm-hmm. It's only $3 a month, I believe. And yeah. then, I don't know, you get to see faces if that's, totally. if that's what you mm-hmm. want. Or just... I always forget to plug that. Yeah, that's yeah. why I, I thought of it. I was like, uh, let's remind people that this is now what we're doing. Yeah, go to backdashroad.com. There's a Patreon button there somewhere or or Google back row Patreon. I'm sure it'll come mm-hmm. up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like pat- patreon.com slash back row cineblog. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. We're still doing yeah. blogs. <laughs> so, uh, Carlo, why don't you kind of just discuss like what, what we're going to do this episode? Mm. Uh, I think the main theme for this episode, the one that made the most sense because Joey is here as well, and I'll explain why is uh, we're recording this February 2nd, mm-hmm. so January is over. But every January, I try to do um, this challenge called Japanuary. Just focus on Japanese movies with a minimum of eight. And the first time I found out about this challenge was via Joey's um, letterboxed uh, pachinko pop. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I thought you had invented this challenge because <laughs> your your account was the first place that I saw this Japanuary thing. So I was like, oh, okay, this sounds fun. I'll, I can definitely do like a minimum of eight movies. Like when it's October, I do like, I don't know how many horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. so eight is like no sweat. So yeah. 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 I'm not sure where it originated from. Mm. I think I first heard of it from jason rainey another friend yeah um and i feel like when i first heard about it and i was searching for it i was seeing a lot of uh different people logging it in like european countries like a lot of like hmm. german okay. so it, it may have been started by like a group of folks over there or something but i'm, I'm not sure okay 
And some people go wild. Like some people, (laughs) mostly I see the like eight minimum uh, rule, but Mm. some people do like one a day. Some Mm. people do specifically like I have this challenge. I want to watch every director, you know, or something like that. Uh, But I I like the like eight total as a nice solid like two a week uh, and watch Mm. more if you if you can. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good like low bar. Like it's it's not intimidating. Like a lot of challenges can be, you know, like one a day, even for a lot of people. Um, I definitely didn't do like one Japanese movie a day uh, during Japanuary, but I, I got sort of close. But then I also watched like some shorts some like 50 minute half hour stuff so it's not like uh 30 or i i think i ended at like 26 movies and those aren't all feature films for sure so hmm. yeah but yeah i got a good number in uh this year yeah i think yeah. i ended at 23 so mm, just a little nice. behind you <laughs> nice. i i think i did it last year yeah, I think or you i did, did or I did like I had a, a bunch of movies that were picked for me in some of our challenge on Discord oh, yeah, or something yeah. like that. But yeah. this year I did not. Um, mm. And it's a thing that I say all the time on this show. But like every time I watch uh, like a Japanese movie, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to watch more Japanese movies. And even now, as I filter my letterboxed by films from Japan, it's only like. 70 or something or 80 it's like mm. of like all time log so that's yeah. not very much <laughs> yeah 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 i'm uh i think last year i i ended at like the most amount of movies from one country that i watched was japan mostly because mm-hmm. i've been watching so much tokusatsu as well um but with the festival it's also just up my japanese movie intake um mm-hmm. uh but you do screenings as well, right, Joey, for Pachinko Pop? Like the the, the yeah. thing, Pachinko Pop is a screening thing. Explain yeah, that. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like, it's kinda, uh, so Pachinko Pop Cinema is a monthly screening series in Athens, Georgia, where I live. And it's kind of more like a movie club than like an mm. organized festival or something. It's a pretty small group of folks, but, you know, it's open to anybody that wants to join in. And um, that's why, you know. Japanese movies is definitely like kind of like a hobby interest of mine specifically. And Mm. so my letterbox is actually only Japanese movies because that's primarily what I watch. It's not only what I watch, but uh, I watch enough. And I think the whole prospect of letterboxed and wanting to log like everything I've ever seen Mm -hmm. or or something like that was really a little too much for me. But when I realized I could kind of like, zero in on just this one aspect of my watching it made it seem a lot more easy to tackle and so then i tied it in with this like movie thing i was doing anyway Mm -hmm. uh and so yeah i've been doing that letterbox account for a few years now yeah um and yeah and so it's it's all japanese movies on there pretty much yeah that's how i probably found you as well like followed each other on letterbox and on twitter and then onto discord and I, i i like the the focused aspect of having like this one curated letterbox account that's just Japanese movies. Um, I don't think I could ever be that focused, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I do appreciate it. I think it's a, it's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. I think that I was trying to think of how I got to know you, and it probably was through Letterbox. And yeah. I think it's because you and I have a sort of similar interest in the sort of like, not exactly fringe of Japanese movies, but the mm. more like kind of 
cruddier side. And so I think there's probably several movies that I logged that maybe you were one of two other people who had logged it. And yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. uh, we, we should definitely uh, connect. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, with Dan as well, I think... Yeah. Was Leatherbox like the first place? It was. Yeah, for us yeah. as well. And, and I think Twitter it was it was Discord. a similar thing, right? Yeah. It was like I was just logging everything I could that was cruddy and obscure, probably obscure lots bullshit. Of, yeah, yeah, obscure bullshit. And I think you were, <laughs> you know, I think that's one of the things that that's like the double-edged sword of Letterboxd where, you know, people will complain about really popular movies where like there'll be a review at the top that's like got 20,000 likes and it's just yeah. somebody going like, this movie's bay or something (laughs) and you're like like, okay but then like on the opposite side of the coin there's like you know you'll go and look at like the peacock king or something and then you'll Mm -hmm. see somebody's review and then you'll go and you'll look at like i don't know like cat soup or something you're like oh that same person also watched that and you're like cool i'm gonna follow them and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're friends now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's pretty awesome yeah yeah it definitely is that's why I don't know, uh, of all like the social medias, if like, I guess Leatherbox is sort of a social media, like I would mm-hmm. be the most upset uh, if that just, I don't know, got like bought up by yeah. evil people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so as we are want to do on this show, let's uh, talk a little bit about physical media and some news of releases. So there's bit we haven't done this a lot on the show lately just because we've had other topics and mm-hmm. other things, but I know that um in our Discord, which if you're listening, you can go to crudbuddies.club and find the Discord. Um there is a channel for physical media where people post about what's new and exciting and I I know there has been some news in um you know, Japanese and and action cinema and Hong Kong cinema and stuff. So what was the some of the stuff that y'all wanted to talk about? Hmm. Yeah, there's there's more than I remembered. Um, like only recently, the one that really stuck out for me was like finally. This is probably like more exciting for me because I don't have a region-free Blu-ray player, so I I could never get the Shout Factory Sony Chiba Street Fighter collection. Mm-hmm. And now Arrow is putting that out in the in the UK, and so like my region Blu-ray. Um, so I'm pretty excited for that, even though, um, have you, have you seen all of those Joey street fighter movies? I've seen the first two. Okay. Um, yeah. And the first, and I've actually only seen the first one, the, like the first movie dubbed and I'd like to see it, uh, in its original language at some point. Um, but yeah, so (laughs) <laughs> I I don't have that Shout Factory set and I've been kind of eyeing it for a long time mm-hmm. and now I'm considering just importing this uh Arrow one because I do have a region free player oh, nice. okay. and um I like the artwork on this Arrow set yeah. a whole lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually like Arrow puts a bit more care into their releases compared to Shout Factory generally is the sense I get. Um so yeah, I already have that thing pre-ordered. Um, nice. Like it's it, it's a pretty inconsistent trilogy. Like the first one is is a pretty pretty great movie, and the second and the third one feel a bit more like rehashes from what I recall. Um, but still, I mean, more Sonny Chiba on physical media um, from like Arrow, and 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 I just got the uh, the Executioner collection. Oh, nice! Uh, because Joey reminded me that was mm. out uh, also from Arrow. 
Um, so yeah, I have to support nice. that. I started that to second, watch. Uh, oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry, oh, I was just gonna say, not super interesting, but I started to watch <laughs> the Street Fighter um, while I was working the other day because I thought, oh, this will be okay because it's the dubbed version and I can listen and look and listen and look. But I was like, I was like, I need to save this for a time where I can actually just sit down and watch it. Like, and yeah. be very invested <laughs> for in it because sure. it seems like it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, and that dub is bad, which has its own appeal. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that second Executioner movie, I think, is a real, like, stupid movie gem. Like, yeah. it's pretty poorly reviewed on Letterboxd, <laughs> but I loved it. Uh, when I watched it, I was like, mm. this is incredible. So I'm definitely, next time I do, like, a big uh, media order, I'm getting that uh, nice. Arrow set for sure. Yeah, I remember watching the second one. I was kind of like, I don't know. I really liked the first one, and then I went to the second one, and it just felt, like, cheaper and lazier. But the way you describe it, I'm like, maybe I just went in with a a different mindset, like more expecting a movie in the vein of the original or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now that I have the Blu-rays, it's the perfect excuse to revisit at one point. Yeah. I've been kind of noticing, I've been working my way through the Sunny Chiba um, shout factory set yeah, um, nice. that just came out. And I've been noticing kind of a pattern where the first movie will be pretty straight faced. Yeah. And then the second movie is a lot wackier. <laughs> um, <laughs> that definitely happened with the Yakuza Wolf movies mm. too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of movies like those uh, bodyguard movies, Sunny Chiba mm-hmm. bodyguard movies uh, that I haven't gotten around to yet. Um but yeah, uh, again, I can't get that Shout Factory release. So I have to hope Arrow just, or, or whoever, <laughs> keeps mm-hmm. on putting up more Sonny Chiba. Because Sonny Chiba is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially that first Street Fighter movie then, if you watch it like that. I, I've never seen that dub, so I can't really say much about it. But yeah. in terms of a Sonny Chiba performance, that's a fucking performance. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's just like going I, all I gotta out. watch it, uh, um subbed yeah okay <laughs> well, that's what i'm kind of finding with these with this shout factory set is even when the movies aren't particularly good like it's he's such a good performer mm-hmm. that it's so like it's definitely still watchable yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and enjoyable sure. yeah 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 it's something else r.i.p <laughs> well the sister street fighter was that hmm. like um how tied together was that was it kind of just like, oh, here's some similar movie that has a similar name. Because I've seen Sister Street Fighter, but I don't remember if oh. they had any like plot connection. Uh, <laughs> no, really, right? They do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it's just that. So Sunny Chiba started like a an action uh, training school called the okay. Japan Action Club, hmm. and Etsuko Shihomi was a student of his that pops up in a bunch of his movies. She's in the original Street Fighter too. Oh, okay, the original Street Fighter as well. Uh, as a minor character who gets kind of yeah. treated pretty poorly, but uh, she is the lead of those sister street fighter movies. And it's just sort of the same, like here's the same vibe, but yeah. Yeah. it's got uh, a different lead and it's, it's a lady, which is cool. And Esko yeah. Shihomi rules. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I definitely it's recommend that, first movie. that movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like twist somebody's head all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah, to like five of those. I believe I have that set. Um, again, not very consistent, but all have like at, at the very least like charismatic people in them, like Atsuko Shiomi and Sonny Chiba. I, I believe he pops up in like one or two of them, maybe. Yeah, he usually has a pretty like a small role. Yeah, when he just kind of shows up. Yeah, I think like Yasuaki 
Kurata, who's in a lot of like Hong Kong movies as well, um, is like the supporting male lead in in I believe two in one of the sequels, and and then uh, plays like a different character in another sequel. And he's always very charming as well. Uh, really great action performer. Mm-hmm. Carla, you mentioned that Eureka hinted about yeah. releasing Blonde Fury. What, what what was the hint? Was it just like a picture or something? Or basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was just like a a, a screenshot, like a still of Cynthia Rothrock. Okay. And just based on the jumper she was wearing, I was like, "That's that's Blonde Fury." Yeah. You're gonna put out Blonde Fury because <laughs> I have the poster like behind me, the like the lady reporter one. Um, and I think. Yeah, she even wears that jumper on the poster. Um, so yeah, busted. <laughs> like yeah. It's, it's it's no big secret when they put out a still like that. There's always people gonna comment and or like mm-hmm. retweet and they're like, yeah, I know which movie this is. <laughs> um, there's no official announcement yet, but okay. yeah, soon. And it's um, never been out. Is no, it? okay. No, that's the first, and it's never been released on like Hong Kong Legends or nothing. So yeah. uh, to get that on a Blu-ray and I think um, we watched that together, didn't we? Like, wasn't that mm-hmm. a screening? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. We did this uh, Cynthia Rothrock double bill at one point. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Uh, nice. Long Fury and something and else. Fight to win. Yeah, yeah. That was the one actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like one of the most obscure ones uh, mm-hmm. she did. Um, I think I think that we watched some kind of like spliced together mm-hmm, yeah. like edit of it or something right yeah yeah there was this edit of two versions on youtube um, yeah i think that one was directed by george chung or leo fong or like those people you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> some some real trash but leo I fong it... would make sense <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah yeah i found it pretty enjoyable um yeah so yeah more rothbrook coming out on blu-ray i think like yeah. writing wrongs is the first big movie or yeah yes madam is out on blu-ray as well and then someone found a, a post on Facebook. Um, someone had like, uh, I think, posted like remastered stills of Magic Crystal. Mm. Which you, you've also seen that, wrong, right, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Wong Jing. Long ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like we, we probably talked about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, some Wong Jing last year because I watched Future Cops and High Risk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. So yeah, Magic Crystal probably coming out soon on Blu-ray as well. I, I think it was 88 films, but again, they haven't uttered a word about it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, also excited about that one. That's nice. Yeah. Should we segue into some movies we've been watching then? How about? Yeah, sure. sure. We can talk about the crud we've been watching. Uh, does anybody want to go first, or do you want me to dump gi- to to j- jump in? <laughs> go for it. Uh, so, like, I was worried that I wasn't going to have too much to bring to the table. So the other day, I could not sleep. So I woke up and I it was like five a.m. and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to put on a movie, and so I put on. And I thought, okay, it's early. I'm really tired. I can't get back to sleep, but like I'm in that weird, like tired but not tired place. So, like, so I shouldn't put on something that I think will be like too stimulating. And, yeah, have a lot of effort. <laughs> and so then I remembered <laughs> that I had the 1980 version of Shogun Assassin mm. directed by Robert Houston <laughs> that like edits together two of the Lone Wolf and Cub 
mm-hmm. movies. The first two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I was like, and all and all I know is that I've heard that this thing is just kind of like a bunch of fights and gnarly shit and it's and cool music. And so that I watched mm-hmm. it and and I, and I saw that a lot of people call it incomprehensible. That's what I wrote in my review because because it is kind of just here's a bunch of stuff from these two movies and then we've made the child the narrator so that it makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if like it's more incomprehensible to people that know the story because it was very comprehensible to me. It was all very <laughs> A to B to C and okay. everything was a fight or cool. Yeah, <laughs> like I got I feel like I got like the broad strokes of mm. and I'm sure if I was to watch the actual movies, I would probably get a very deeper, more emotional, uh, you know, kind of look into v- to these characters. But mm. as a movie of just like, here's the greatest hits of some mm-hmm. awesome shit. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they lean heavy on the narration to tie it together, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what how it like holds together uh, and makes it more coherent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I could see if there was like, if I was a big fan of these movies of which there's many. And then I watched one where there was like, they made the kid, the narrator just like filling yeah. in the gaps. You'd be like, well, fuck this. But as a complete <laughs> newbie, I was like, this rules. <laughs> yeah. I don't but, know if, Yeah. I don't awesome know if it, soundtrack too. Yeah. Oh, yeah so sure. good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it really matters if you're like a newbie or not. It's more like, I don't know, if you're a purist or not. And Mm -hmm. I I feel like generally we are not. Like if you can do a fun (laughs) new thing with something that already exists, like like a remix, that movie is basically just a remix. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Then, yeah, why not? Um, (laughs) I've never seen the Lone Wolf and Cub movies. Have you, Joey, seen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. Um, All of them, yeah. Because there's like seven. Uh, let's see. So I, my opinion on those movies, they're very cool for sure, mm-hmm. and they have really great action. Um, the lead character is played by Tomi Saburo Wakayama, who is a really, uh, very. He actually is a extremely charismatic and like fun character a lot of the time, or mm. fun actor, I should mm. say. But in those movies, he's kind of like catatonically depressed yes. and uh, just this sort of like silent killer with no emotions. And it's always kind of bums me out because I love him when he's so gregarious and like other roles. Uh, so I have a kind of split feelings about those movies. Mm-hmm. I can, yeah, okay. I can see that. Cause I did also, when I was reading about some reviews of Shogun assassin at the time, there was people saying that they thought that they were a little bit like miscast. Because mm. they didn't really like buy the like stoic, like, you know, kind of guy wandering around and he looks a little bit like kind of like jolly and a little bit like kind of like, yeah. And it just I mean, it didn't bother me just because the movie ruled, but I can I can totally understand that. I think. Mm. Yeah. The story behind the casting of that uh, that I've heard is that he want he fought for that role super hard and he even like and they told him like, no, you're not right for it. Mm. And he showed mm. up on I don't remember that. Like, I think maybe the producer's front lawn with a sword and just did a bunch of like moves <laughs> and stuff to prove that he had it within him to, to be a samurai. <laughs> and uh, and Sweet. from that. Got yeah, that. so I have to kind of respect that. <laughs> yeah, oh, you got it. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of how Jean-Claude Van Damme got a start. He just like almost kicked uh, Menahem Golan in the face or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, 
<laughs> you're uh, in my in my movie. You're in Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also um, because I know the album Liquid Swords. A uh, lot yeah. of the dialogue on that album is taken from that movie, so there's a lot mm. of points in show, like the Shogun version. So there's a lot of points in that movie where I was like, "Is a song about to start?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was. I mean, if you're a listener and you're just interested in seeing a movie that is like 120, uh, an hour and 20 minutes, you know, there's enough story to grab onto and pull you through and keep you kind of engaged. But then also all the scenes are of like people getting their heads chopped off and (laughs) they're spraying blood everywhere or like a baby in a little wooden cart that like presses things and like knives pop out and cut people's Mm -hmm. legs off. Like it, it is just like a barn burner. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it did make me as, as somebody that doesn't know much about those movies, I was like, I should probably watch some of those because it'll Mm. probably be in more like, you know, it'll be a deeper experience. So I might Mm -hmm. try and go watch some of them. (laughs) Yeah. And then you go and read the manga, which is very long as well. (laughs) We have a lot of lone wolf and cop. Totally. (laughs) On the horizon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I tend to kind of like lean towards some of those later, Lone Wolf and Cub movies anyway. Mm. So you could probably just start at three and beyond and see some where they keep kind of escalating it to where he's Mm. like skiing down a snowy mountain on the cart and shooting people and stuff. That sounds great. (laughs) That does sound good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea, actually. Start at three. Yeah. Lone Wolf and Cub at a ski resort. Uh... (laughs) Sweet. Uh, Who wants to go next? Yeah, you can go, Joey, if you've got. Uh, something sure yeah you know one of the biggest surprises for me this is going back to that Sunichiba box set um mm. was actually the last movie i saw for japanuary was samurai reincarnation which mm. oh, um, yeah. was recently announced by well not announced sort of teased by eureka as well so i think but um this is a kinji fukusaku movie who's the director of battles without honor and humanity and battle royale and uh Message mm-hmm. from space, all sorts of stuff. And this is like kind of a supernatural samurai movie uh, that's set in this like historic period where Christians were oppressed in Japan. And there was this like famous like slaughtering of like thousands of Christians. Um, and it's set right after that. Uh, and the the leader of the Christian rebellion makes a deal with Beelzebub to come back as this sort of like undead warlock basically and he uh gathers a group of other undead uh warriors like Miyamoto Musashi and, and mm-hmm. other kind of famous figures that he kind of preys on their um regrets or whatever to like make them join his side and then it's up to Sunny Chiba uh, who is reprising his role as this famous samurai character Jubei Yagyu, who's this like eye patch. If you ever see yeah. Sunny Chiba with an eye patch and a big kind of puffy uh, ponytail, that's that character. And um, he's, you know, defending the shogunate against these zombies. So it's basically just Sunny Chiba as a samurai fighting a bunch of zombies. Sweet. And yeah, it's pretty great. Like one of the things that really struck me about it is that it treats, like, I hadn't really seen this. Um, it, it treats Christianity in the same way that a lot of other movies treat like voodoo or Taoism or something where it's like this kind of like magic, you know, it's this fringe religion that creates (laughs) like 
crazy magic and like like the bad guy has his main weapon is this whip that's made out of all the hair of all the dead Christians and it like glows blue in this like 80s <laughs> you know lightsaber kind of uh, special effect and stuff and uh it's it uh it was really took me by surprise because mm-hmm. uh, I had just come off of seeing another samurai movie on that set that I didn't like as much. And so I was like, well, here we go. More of this. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, Holy shit. <laughs> this is completely different. <laughs> uh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like very psycho psychotronic. Uh, uh, th- there's another movie that I mentioned to you as well called legend of the eight samurai also directed by Kinji Fukusaku. Mm-hmm. It sounds very similar to that. I haven't seen the one, uh, the samurai reincarnation one, but the other one is also very, uh, psychotronic basically and it has the same type of cast you know the japan action club people uh same director same like samurai but it's not like a historical movie because it's it's a fantasy movie you know yeah yeah um that one was a lot of fun i remember so i definitely want to see the samurai reincarnation one yeah yeah that one's on my watch list i haven't gotten around to it so i should i should see more from that director because i've seen battle Mm -hmm. royale and i think like green slime Mm, yeah 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 oh i've seen battle royale too yeah um mm. but was that directed yeah. by Kinji Fukusaku? Wasn't that's it? directed by his son he died oh, yeah okay yeah oh maybe he's listed he he maybe directed like the beginning of, like a scene mm-hmm. or something he died yeah. while it was filming and it was completed by yeah it's, okay. it's also, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that second one i remember being quite bad <laughs> <laughs> Battle Royale too. Yeah. Um, I, it is good to note for listeners that if Samurai Reincarnation 1981 sounds like something that you would be interested in watching, it is on Tubi. Oh, oh sweet. sweet. So okay. just go hit play on it. It sounds sick. <laughs> so Eureka teased this one also, you said, Jim? Yeah, they did. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. Okay. Another then one I... of those where it was just an image and then people yeah, in yeah, the comments yeah. were like, hey. That's yeah. yeah, okay, sweet. Okay, then I'm definitely getting that and I'll I'll, I'll watch it when I get it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Carlo, what what's up? What's up with you? What about you? <laughs> no, no, what's up with me? Um <laughs> let's see. Okay, so yeah, just Japanuary dominated my 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 January. Um so I was talking to you a bit before I started recording that I went to another film festival in in Rotterdam this time. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily a Japan-focused film festival. It's it's called the International Film Festival Rotterdam. Um, and the the main one of the focuses was Masaki Yuasa and his films and his TV shows. Um, Masaki Yuasa most known what is his most known thing that he has done if you had to like point at one um maybe devil man cry baby yeah that's a that's a good Mm. uh, because it's on netflix uh, and everything yeah i mean the ping pong the animation is another one that i think is fairly well known Mm, okay Mm. yeah so yeah um the first movie i ever did mind game uh one of those movies when i saw when it came out it just blew my mind like that someone was creating not just animation, but like in the 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 verse, the anime verse. Like you know, I I've been watching anime f- for quite a few years, and then I come across this thing which looks so unanime and feels so unanime. Um, and I've been following his career ever since. Um, I haven't watched everything he's done, but like ping pong the animation is is one of my favorite 
uh, anime TV shows. And they were showing his new, his latest movie, Inuo, uh, at the festival as well. But like I said, this was like an entire focus on him. They were doing several movies, but they were not just showing movies. They were showing entire TV shows at the cinema. So you oh, could wow. like <laughs> sit down and watch all of, I I don't think that might have been the, uh, the Tatami Galaxy or something. Mm-hmm. There are like two or three, uh, like 400 minute listings on the site where it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. I've never seen that before. Like just do an entire TV show. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so he is sort of like the guest of honor, maybe you you can say. Um, and it's for that reason that I went to the film festival because, like, the the festival where I volunteer in Ghent, the Japanese film festival, the director, she told me, yeah, my husband is um, he, he's uh, going to uh, how do you say this um, translate for Masaki Yuasa. Mm. I was like, oh Jesus. Like, is he, he's just going to be in, like, Rotterdam, like, this guy whose career I've been following uh, for God knows how long. Um, so I said to Michelle, like, do you want to go to Rotterdam for a weekend and might be able to meet him or whatever, or just, mm-hmm. like, see his new movie? I think, like, that was, for me, the main motivation. I just want to see Inuo. Uh, yeah, you hadn't I, seen it yet. No, Did not yet, not a, no. a run just, where you're at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't know, like, if it... It's like Rotterdam, no, this film festival is probably the place closest to me where it was shown for the first time, maybe cool. even. Um, so, yeah, I definitely wanted to see that. And then I saw that they're sharing Mind Game. So I was like, yeah, okay, Mind Game on the big screen. I've, I've never <laughs> seen Mind Game on the big screen. So, yes, yeah. hell yes. Um, so I I, 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 t- I tell the director of the film festivals that, like, okay, we've booked, we're going to Rotterdam. Um, going to see some Masaki Yuasa movies and just hang out in Rotterdam. Um, and so she says to me, um, after like, cause Masaki Yuasa was doing like Q and A's and everything after the movies. And she says to me after the Q and A, um, go up to my husband and Masaki Yuasa and talk to him or like whatever. And <laughs> maybe ask for like a, an autograph, a, a autograph <laughs> or something like it was all like set. She was like, no, mm-hmm. it's fine. Just go. My husband knows. He'll, he'll yeah. hook it up and everything. Um, so I did that. And then I got the, the Mind Game Blu-ray. I got it oh, autographed. Nice. And like he drew nice. like a little Gourd character on it uh, and everything um, on my Mind Game Blu-ray. So <laughs> so that was pretty sweet. Like I, I met like, I guess I can call him like one of my heroes, like someone yeah. I look up to in terms of like, you know, like creative people. Um and I got to see his new movie in, on, on a big, big screen in a big theater in Rotterdam. Um, you've seen Inuo, right, Joey? I have, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's a cool movie. Yeah, like, it is. I think I'd heard that maybe he compared it to like w- watching a live performance of a mm-hmm. like, rock show. And yeah, then yeah, definitely yeah. there's like a big emphasis on, I could tell, like really recreating in animation the way that performers move on stage and yeah in yeah. performances and stuff. interesting yeah it's it's like as i was watching it and like before the movie he said as well like it's definitely more of a concert experience almost more than a movie I'm like okay this is interesting because i know this movie is like taking place like 600 years ago in japan like it's like even pre-edo uh japan um like how is this gonna play out like is it all gonna be like kabuki theater kind of music or whatever um 
And afterwards at Q&A, he was explaining like uh, the whole idea behind Inuo was um, so in terms of what music was made and was just like never in 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 the in the records of history or whatever like what remains now like who knows what kind of music people were making back in the day mm. but there's just like no records of that or anything and the only records that was made were made were like they were starting to be made by this like one person um who was like maybe very selective in what they recorded or like very mm. limited in their time or whatever also and that's the whole idea behind you know and it becomes this like crazy almost it, it reminded me of like phantom of the paradise you know like brian de palma this like big crazy rock opera with some like psychedelic visuals which is very like trademark mosaki yuasa and uh crazy kinetic um animation and everything um about this about these two guys who like team up like one of them is a blind biwa player biwa is this like stringed instrument uh, sort of like a guitar but like a really mm-hmm. old-timey guitar and the other one is this sort of like deformed guy with a really long arm and uh, a, a gourd that he wears over his head because he's so hideously deformed and everything but he's really good at dancing and singing so they team up mm-hmm. and they form this like rock duo <laughs> in 600 years ago japan and everything um yeah it's pretty cool definitely like on the big screen work seeing um i don't like it as much as mind game but mind game is like on, mm-hmm. on, so basically sort of on a pedestal for me <laughs> um but yeah cool movie I'm, I'm glad i finally finally saw that um and with him in the presence and the q a and everything um it was a good time yeah yeah it's another director that i'm always like i gotta watch more i because because we did mind game for a podcast yeah like i'm not like i love mind game visually Mm. uh but there's stuff about that movie that didn't hit for me Mm -hmm. and so i was like i i remember looking at a trailer for night is short walk on girl and i was like oh that looks really cool too Mm -hmm. that's my favorite of his personally yeah and i know that lou over the wall had some like like some good reviews some bad reviews but it looked really Mm -hmm. interesting to me too and i and i obviously ping pong is another one i haven't seen and so yeah just another like i gotta do this (laughs) gotta watch these movies (laughs) yeah ping pong the animation in particular you're you're, like there's probably like a preconception like oh it's a punk about ping pong like how interesting can this be Mm. but it's, yeah. it's just so fucking good <laughs> it's also based on a manga by Taiyo Matsumoto who did the character design for Inuo so that's yeah. another collaboration between two people who I consider geniuses like every, I have every Taiyo Matsumoto manga that was released in English and Ping Pong the Animation is also like really short only 12 episodes um, the manga the the way he draws like ping pong scenes and everything and the characterization is also original and so dynamic mm-hmm. and um and usually anime uh, it kind of depends like on who is in charge of ma- making an anime of manga but it, sometimes like it just loses something in the prog mm. in the process it just becomes mm-hmm. different than um but in this case it's just like both versions are so good it's kind of unreal um i just want them to keep collaborating and whatever manga that taya matsumoto has i'm like just let masaki yuasa make all of those into animes <laughs> yeah. i'd be down <laughs> nice uh yep. so what was so the movie was that you recommended 
Uh, the movie that I watched, like the main motivation yeah. that I went to Rotterdam, Inuo, uh, Inuo. from yeah. 2022, I believe. Nice. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, speaking of animation, I'm going to do a little double feature. Another thing that I like have a lot of this is like just the places I've tested the waters. And so like OVA, you know, mm-hmm. is something that I've tested the waters of a little bit. And I'm always like, I love this like 42 to 60 minutes. just like <laughs> awesome, you know, shit. So um, one of the things that I watched a while back that we did, we did a cred buddy stream. And I think I threw this on as a intro was mm. dragon's heaven from 1988. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is like a uh, robots versus humans and like animation. And the introduction of the, of the OVA has like some live action. Mm-hmm. Like they've built a robot mm-hmm. in a like smoky little factory set. And then it gets into this animation that has like that kind of like Mobius and style yeah. inspired, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. but with mechs. And I just remember thinking like this fucking rules and it's <laughs> just really fun. And I, and I followed that with, um, so the director of that was, uh, apologies for my pronunciation, uh, Makoto Kobayashi. Mm-hmm. that's that's and, a pretty easy japanese name to pronounce yeah. <laughs> there's so, like no pitfalls in that name <laughs> i feel <laughs> i remember i was like well i'm gonna see what else i can like find on youtube mm-hmm. and i remember i watched uh zillion burning night from 1988 mm. i don't know that one <laughs> so it's like basically this uh and, and this one i liked a little bit less than than dragon's heaven it was more of like a three-star kind of thing but it's okay. basically like what if they made an ova and it was like let's do a riff on the movie streets of fire where it's like a band and they're on like an action adventure with like, Mm -hmm. you know, tech and mechs and stuff. And there's an English dub of it. And it's all like really like silly zinger dialogue and big (laughs) eighties songs. And there's like hopping vampires in it too. And, and it's like really fun. But I remember being like, it's not quite as good. I just watched Dragon's Heaven. I was like, that was way better. But Zillion Burning Night, I think, is based on some kind of property that I was unaware of. And I saw that people were like, this doesn't represent the property well. This isn't what Zillion's like. And I was kind of like, I don't Hmm. care. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Zillion is the name of a, 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 a club that used to be kind of notorious in belgium and this yeah. like uh my youngest sister her best friend she's an actress and there's this belgian movie that came out called zillion uh, okay. which is about that club and everything that went down there and they just informed me like they were here a couple of hours ago that this weekend there's like the belgian oscars or whatever and that movie mm. has, has like 14 nominations and everything <laughs> so you know if you have an interest in, in belgium cinema which i don't necessarily mm. um, it's just funny that that name is, is yeah. there, zillion yeah. Um, but yeah i don't know the, the anime or <clears throat> yeah whatever, i don't know if franchise it's like zillion. A, a manga or yeah anime yeah mm. mm-hmm. okay. i don't know but yeah. it's something probably. that people like i think <laughs> yeah it probably was a manga like most a lot things. of those OVAs were just like, you know, let's pump out an hour long thing that's going to mm. go straight to video. And mm-hmm. it's more like an advertisement for the source material than yeah. it is yeah. supposed to be its own thing. And so a lot of times they don't even like have real endings or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. But, uh, I, but it creates I an interesting Googled experience. 
it it does look like Zillion was a t was a TV series mm, with thirty one okay. uh thirty one episodes like an anime TV series yeah though. okay okay so maybe this is like a some kind of a spinoff or something mm. or I don't yeah know. okay um but yeah so if you're interested I believe Dragon's Heaven nineteen eighty eight and uh Zillion Burning Night nineteen eighty eight I pretty sure i watched them both on on youtube um but yeah the director of zillion uh mizuo nishikubo did another one called radio city fantasy that was described to me as a city pop ova Mm -hmm. and when i went to when i went to watch it there was no subs but then a year ago somebody logged it and i was like is there subs for this now yeah yeah, someone subbed that i believe they said yeah old castle fan subs put out a release so a year later maybe i'll get around to watching that one now (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah ovas man they don't make them anymore not really But in the in the in the 80s and 90s, big OVA boom. And, I love that uh, that like mm-hmm. compact, just like yeah, 45 to 60 minutes. It's so it's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's it, there's also like it, just the vibe connected to it. Like you couldn't make it now, and it wouldn't feel the f- same. There's something mm. like you know like gungy about yeah. OVAs feeling it was like kind of sleazy, trashy thing to it. <laughs> um, and also funny like the thing about like it them being advertisements basically for manga or whatever i mean that that's still like a big motivation why anime or movie adaptations of manga get made like uh they do a short series and then leave it open Mm -hmm. if it's not popular enough or whatever but if it drives up manga sales that's that's a win basically yeah Mm -hmm. nice yeah i feel like that was a a bulk of what was available when i was getting into anime in the 90s a bunch of ovas and it's like and I was new enough to this stuff that I didn't even really understand that they were adaptations of like longer mm-hmm. works. And so it was always just kind of like, that was a weird movie. I don't yeah. know what that's all about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was, you know, good for just seeing weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all like, you know, um, just like taste test some stuff. Like mm. I also remember like uh, seeing like Battle Angel and not being aware yeah. that it came from this longer series mm. uh, manga and, and whatever um yeah nice cool <laughs> uh who's next um you know a movie i really loved uh seeing this month was big time gambling boss um mm. from let's look at this 1968 um and this is a like the basic rundown of what this movie is about is it's like a yakuza movie and it's about this gang that um the boss is about to die. And so they mm. have to appoint a new leader before he dies. So it's kind of a rush thing. And they, they want to uh, appoint the star of this movie, um, um, Koji Tsurita. And, but he like is this very respectable guy who uh, obeys all the rules of the code of honor or whatever. And he says, well, I'm not originally from this town. I'm an outsider who was just adopted into this gang. So I can't really be the boss. Uh, I would like to nominate my friend who was actually uh, the lead of Lone Wolf and Cub, Tomi Saburo Wakayama, um, Mm -hmm. as the boss instead. But the only problem is he's currently in jail. And so (laughs) they say, well, we won't do that (laughs) Uh, because that goes against our rules or whatever. And so instead, this kind of outside... uh, guy who works with the gang nom- like says well what about 
this guy, he's younger than the seniors, but he, you know, has a good record or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so kind of against Tsurita's uh, instincts, he agrees to let this guy be the boss. And then he gets nominated. But then that guy ends up being kind of just a pawn of this original, this outsider who had n- nominated him and is using him to manipulate the gang and and for his own gain, gains. And um, meanwhile, Wakayama gets out of jail and sees what's going on and it creates a tension between him and Surita. And, and there's a lot of drama that comes from that and a lot of infighting within the gang and stuff like that. Um, and it's a really great movie. Uh first of all, but uh, the thing that was really exciting to me about this movie is kind of on a a meta textual level. Uh, The fact this is like one of the first releases by Mm. Radiance. Oh, Uh, yes. Okay. um, I think I remember seeing like that, like a post about it from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, and Radiance. uh, Yeah. So it's exciting to see what they're putting out. And I think it's Mm -hmm. a really exciting decision because this is, um, a genre called Ninkyo Ega, which is like chivalry movies, um, which was like the super prominent Yakuza genre in the 60s that mm. eventually in the 70s gets knocked out by this more intense, like gritty, realist, you know, quote unquote, realistic um, version of Yakuza, mm-hmm. um, like Battles Without Art and Humanity and things like yeah. that. And that genre, the sort of more realistic genre, is the one that's more popular, I think, with. English releases okay. uh, are the ones that people tend to gravitate towards. And Ninkyo movies don't get a lot of English releases for, I think, a number of reasons. A lot of times, first of all, they're this kind of like idealized, romanticized version of Yakuza. And, it, it, yeah. and I mm. think that kind of turns people off a little bit because it seems a little bit more like a fantasy or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also there's like, they're usually like these long series. They're like a dozen movies or something. And they like, you know, all follow a very like strict kind of um, formula. So they're like kind of formulaic. They're kind of samey and they're these big sets. We, you, you know, the instinct is you want to release all of them in one big set, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like they don't actually really connect in any uh, like story way, like one to like continuity way uh, from one to the other usually. Yeah. And so I thought it was a kind of really cool decision of radiance to be like, we're not even going to start with the first movie. This is like, movie three or four of the series they're like we're just gonna give you the good one yeah yeah, <laughs> and yeah then you okay. can like you know get that and get the idea of it and that's exciting to me because i like ninkyo movies a lot and mm-hmm. it is true that a lot of them are kind of average but there's a bunch of these like really classic japanese actors like ken takakura mm-hmm. or tomi saburo wakayama um or koji Tsurata or sumiko fuji who's in this too who are these like really great awesome actors that have basically no presence in english media Mm. because most of their filmography is kind of trapped in this ninkyo era interesting Uh, and so i'm like really excited by the prospect of radiance and others maybe starting to reach into this Mm -hmm. uh, because there haven't been a lot of releases in this genre exactly so yeah uh, it was exciting to see and then i hadn't seen this movie before and it was uh like you know, definitely one of the best examples of this genre that I've seen. Mm-hmm. It was nice. great. So I totally recommend it to folks. One one of the things that came to my mind listening to you talk about that was I know that Letterboxd has 
introduced like some kind of further delineation of like genres or whatever, like nano genres or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was thinking like I'm clicking on this movie and I'm looking at, okay, it's a drama crime movie. And I'm thinking like oh, there should be a tag for that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we should be able to like drill down into different types of movements and not hope that like somebody's made a list and it's at yeah, the top yeah. of the popular lists behind mm-hmm. the ones that just have every single movie released, mm-hmm. you know, from Japan or whatever. There's probably yeah. 10 lists yeah. that just have everything. And, you know, yeah, it's kind bullshit. of like, <laughs> I don't know, it would be cool. <laughs> like, cause, cause that's the thing that I think that gets us excited. Like people that like, like us or people maybe listening, like, Oh, I want to be able to like. Okay, I heard about this genre. Now I'm going to click on it. And I'm going to e- expand it and see what mm-hmm. else is going on. And but, but I totally forgot that that was the Radiance release. And I'm mm-hmm. going to add this to my watch list for sure. It sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah I really want to cool. watch this one as well. So I, I might as well just get that Radiance release. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, I wonder what else they have lined up in terms of yeah. Japanese cinema. Just yeah, there on was this. one Yakuza Graveyard maybe is mm. announced, but yeah, they 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 have a whole slate of stuff from all different countries and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. definitely not like Japan only. I saw like yeah, uh, yeah. they just started releasing. Cool. Yeah, their releases really look like I I haven't seen them in real life, but they look cool. Like really, yeah. you know boutique <laughs> people always mm-hmm. say like x label is the criterion of this or x y label is the yeah, criteria, yeah, yeah. criterion of that but they look like they're really going for that like really well presented clean classy like mm-hmm. cool you know release look and it's nice to see <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah they, mm-hmm. yeah it has a really like simple cover with just the main character on it mm-hmm. but it's got uh that reversible cover with the original poster art so i can do that and be yeah, my yeah. you know yeah. be a nerd like i am that's key uh, <laughs> <You got> it. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah isn't the deal with radiance that they like the people that started it like broke off from arrow or something yeah, yeah i think yeah. so like, I think Fran, Fran from arrow who used to be at arrow is now uh, like the main person i believe like mm. one of the main people behind radiance yeah yeah, so that I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Big Time Gambling Boss 1968. Get cop that Blu-ray. <laughs> Carlo, what's your final pick? Uh I, I'm not sure if I have really a final pick. I mean, okay, we can do moving on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've, I've talked enough. <laughs> no. There's got to no. be like, do something. Yeah. Give me the questions. Oh, you want the questions? Okay. We're going to yeah. take some calls from the public. Uh, you can go to the Discord, credbuddies.club. There's a link. You can join our Discord and you can ask us questions when we record. Just like Rudaldal did, who said, I watched War of the Gargantuans and I have two questions. We usually ask nice. for one, but we'll allow it. Two. Okay. <laughs> what do the Japanese think a Frankenstein is? And two, any favorite mem- memorable appearances by American stars in movies like this? Russ mm. Hamblin is the professor uh, being mm. washed up at just the age of 29. <laughs> yeah. He, he does go on to do Twin Peaks after that. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's fair to say he's already washed up. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, just, he's just having fun in kaiju movies. That's not yeah. washed up. 
Um, Sometimes you gotta get washed up and then kind of like exactly uh, go back true. out to see <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah, you know, test the waters definitely. Yeah. Um, what? what so, what is War of the Gargantuans? <laughs> oh yeah, um, that's a sequel to another kaiju movie, also by Ishiro Honda, and okay. that one is just called Frankenstein Conquers the World. So, mm-hmm. if your question based on War of the yeah. Gargantuas is what do the Japanese think of Frankenstein is? They know what a Frankenstein is. Like in that first movie, that is definitely a Frankenstein type of creature. He's more Frankenstein than the Gargantuas, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then they, they sort of like a Frankenstein covered in moss or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's two of yeah. them now. <laughs> Actually, the the whole like synopsis of the those movies is kind of insane if you look it up. It's something mm. about like they find Frankenstein's brain and they do some shit with it. Let me see if I can uh, yeah. find oh, it. I couldn't find it because I was typing gargantuans, but it's gargantuas. Okay, yeah. okay here. This is the yeah. synopsis for Frankenstein Conquers the World, which is the first one. So uh, during WW2, uh, Germans obtained the immortal heart of Frankenstein's monster and transported it to Japan to prevent it being seized by the Allies. Kept in the Hiroshima laboratory, it is seemingly lost when the United States destroy the city with the atomic bomb. Years later, a wild boy is discovered wandering <laughs> the streets of the city alone, born of the immortal heart. Is that a mm-hmm. wild boy over there? <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not Frankenstein a Frankenstein, heart? is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, both have sick posters, by the way. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i i like that one the first one quite a, quite a bit the second one is kind of diminishing returns but still worth seeing um mm-hmm. have you seen those both joey oh yeah i watched them in a double bill nice. um shown by somebody else that does movies where i show movies okay kind of different thing Sweet. and uh i had heard about them forever and seen the monsters and stuff especially mm-hmm. the gargantuas yeah uh, and baragon right is in the the first Frankenstein. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the very cute kind of puppy looking mm-hmm. uh, kaiju <laughs> mm. uh, that Frankenstein demolishes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, but um, yeah, they're, they're cool. They're cool mm-hmm. movies for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think like the real question is what do the Germans think of Frankenstein is? <laughs> because so I, I believe the story is that um, Basically, every Godzilla movie, or like a bunch at least, in Germany have uh, different titles. And they all mm-hmm. just basically seem to be calling Godzilla Frankenstein. <laughs> and and this started with, I, I think, Frankenstein Conquers the World. That movie came over or something. There's there like a whole history behind this. I, may, I might be butchering it. But like based on that movie, I believe like every kaiju movie would just be called Frankenstein this, Frankenstein mm. that, Frankenstein yada yada, even though those monsters aren't in like regular Godzilla movies. Um, but every almost every Godzilla movie is, is titled Frankenstein mm. something yeah. in Germany. So like what do the Germans <laughs> think of Frankenstein is for real? I've seen those alternate titles and it always made me wonder if there were like dub lines thrown in that were like, this monster was I created wonder. by Frankenstein. You know? Yeah, I wonder <laughs> about that too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was I... thinking about Japanese Frankenstein's, and the only mm. other real like example I can think of is there's an anime adaptation of Marvel's uh, The Monster of Frankenstein oh, from yeah. 1981. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember if it came before or after this, but there's also a Tomb of Dracula anime movie yeah. that I believe is the same studio and everything. That one's maybe a little bit more famous for the screenshot of Dracula eating a hamburger. <laughs> yes. Time to time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, that Marvel's Frankenstein anime is pretty wild. Like it has this intense ending where basically everybody dies, like falls off cliffs or shoots oh themselves. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, speaking of uh, Ishiro Honda, I did mention in our private chat that even though I shamefully haven't actually sat down and watched Godzilla all the way through in my lifetime, I, for some reason, decided I was going to dive into some lesser known Honda and I watched Mm. Space Amoeba and tried to watch a Tarragon before I fell asleep. And, (laughs) um, yeah, Yeah. but like seeing like war of the Gargantuas and Frankenstein conquers the world and the poster for, uh, Mm -hmm. and I've kind of want to see battle, um, in outer space, but like, Carl, you were kind of like they're pretty hit or miss, <laughs> right? Yeah, I like Ishirohona in general. Like, not even all of his Godzilla movies aren't all the best. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, like you I sure like most. Was... Yeah, go ahead. No, go. You go. <laughs> yeah, no. Just wanted to say that, like, uh, I feel like of the movies, Ishirohona movies that I have watched, I've probably liked half. So yeah. There, yeah. there's a lot of like clutter all the, all the posters he, he look has so a good. lot of patience for like you know everything you hear about like stereotype of godzilla movies with like guys in boardrooms talking mm. about what are we going to do about godzilla mm-hmm. like that comes from honda's movies yeah uh, yeah is, you know rough to say because he he did the first movie which is a masterpiece mm. for sure and he's done some really great ones but i you know it's a kind of like weird thing to say but jun fukuda i think has a kind of more consistent track record mm-hmm. with the Godzilla yeah. movies. He did For like sure. Godzilla versus Megalon and the sea monster and stuff. And, and yeah, they're yeah. very silly and kind of yeah. trashy, yeah. Uh, but they're Plus, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like he made less Godzilla movies, but definitely more like not as hit or miss. Definitely. No. Uh, the balance is yeah. a bit better there. Yeah. Um, um, as far as like American actors, like, going oh yes say for godzilla movies uh invasion of the astro monster has that really great nick adams performance oh yeah, yeah, yeah um and uh i think he has like uh just really great rapport with uh akira takarada who's mm-hmm. his, his uh co-star even though they were filming it kind of spaghetti Western style where Nick Adams was speaking English and mm-hmm. all the Japanese cast were speaking Japanese. Like they, you can see them doing like hand signals to each other and stuff to kind of indicate <laughs> what they're saying, uh, which is interesting. Um, but what I really, really want out of that movie, uh, if anyone here listening is a, a video editor and has a lot of time uh, and patience for this kind of thing, <laughs> I've always wanted a cut of that movie where all the Japanese performers lines are in Japanese and Nick Adams lines are his English performance because his like Japanese dub actor, I think is really bad and really <laughs> kind of flat mm-hmm. and makes yeah, his yeah. performance not very good. But when you watch the dub of the movie and it preserves his English performance, it's actually really good. And oh, really okay. well. in that movie. Um, so cool. I, I've always wanted this kind of like perfect edition of it. Yeah. Where yeah. <laughs> everyone's speaking their native language. Okay, that's interesting. I've never seen the dub. Like, I feel like the only dub kaiju movie I've ever seen was Mothra, the original Mothra, because that was mm-hmm. the only version I could find, and it also felt felt like kind of flat. Um, that dub, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, similar to what uh, Dan was saying about Shogun Assassin, I have a kind of nostalgic connection to the dub of uh, Astro Monster because it's used in that MF Doom album. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Mothra album, and so. Uh, 
I do the same thing when I'm listening to that. I'm like, oh, the song's about to start. <laughs> Follow the lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another question, Vieris Tallo. Uh, so with Nikatsu's whole Roman porno reboot project failing to catch wind after the five films came out, is there a need for Pinku Aiga in modern times, or do you think the audience has transitioned to artsier fare or straight up porn rather hmm. than pining for the days of Japanese exploitation? Hmm. So what is the Roman porno reboot project? <laughs> Uh, Roman I don't porno know. <laughs> is, yeah, so Roman porno isn't Rome as in the as in Rome. It, mm. it's, it's short for romantic pornography. So okay. it, it's essentially softcore porn. Mm. Uh, like uh, when TV started uh, taking hold uh, in Japan, they needed like a lot of film studios kind of panicked and and transitioned to mostly doing like exploitation type stuff. And Nikatsu that was a big film studio entirely switched over to creating okay. uh, Roman porno. Mm -hmm. And so Nikatsu studios made these kind of like softcore movies that a lot of people will tell you like which ones are, are the good ones that have like really great directors and things like that. But um, you know, I'm, that's not exactly my area of expertise, <laughs> but um, you know, I watched, a, I watch a lot of Toei 70s stuff, which falls into the pinku like mm, exploitation yeah. stuff like girl gang stuff and things like that uh female prisoner scorpion that's kind yeah. of stuff that's more yeah. kind of action oriented um mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know i mean about this question i mean yeah you do see someone every so often on twitter saying like why aren't there sex scenes in movies anymore and that oh yeah becomes this kind of hot topic or uh, don't do them um, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think it's, we're in a spot where some people want it and some people don't. Mm. I think like the problem with Roman porno and, and that's sort of that, that area, that genre is, I think it does kind of like if people want porn, it's not enough for them. Mm -hmm. And if people are just looking to watch a movie, it might turn a lot of yeah. viewers off. And so it, it kind of like, reduces the audience quite a bit yeah 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 Yeah, i think <laughs> just like the whole exploitation thing like is exploitation cinema even still a thing like there's it's it's probably i would say it, it, it isn't really because what is there left to yeah offer the audience that they can't get wherever they want like back in the day it was like okay like nudity violence um like black exploitation and all that stuff it was like yeah okay no you can you can make whatever you can watch whatever what is there left to exploit mm. like other than mm -hmm. i don't know like nostalgia and 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 franchise loyalty is that <laughs> now the exploitation of nowadays yeah. i don't know <laughs> i mean you get really wild movies like like mandy felt like an exploitation movie kind of you know but those are all kind of like mm. those kinds of are, are kind of throwbacks to nostalgia to nostalgia right <laughs> exploitation. yeah like yeah and mm. and the problem you know with exploitation is actually the fact that they were exploiting people you know mm, yeah so a lot of those movies are kind of easier to watch when you're 50 years removed yeah mm -hmm. and For sure. if, when they're being made now it it might give you uh totally yeah. more sour taste yeah yes. don't make movies like that now <laughs> <Stop>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
final question from Melody. What Japanese movie or show made you say, I need more of this in my life? Mm-hmm. I think I know Carlo's question. <laughs> answer, I mean. <laughs> I, I mean, like, this, this, this can be a very enabling question to, yeah. to go into a whole thing about I, Tokusatsu I again. <laughs> my my answer might be similar because when you started going on that, you know, mm-hmm. I started watching kind of some of that stuff too and was like oh this is really fun Mm -hmm. and my kind of like you kind of went on i'm gonna watch like a shitload of it and my my, (laughs) yeah in a good way and my approach was like i kind of want to like watch one or two episodes of all these different ones and get Mm -hmm. like a kind of a party platter of like i'm gonna watch blue swat and see like that's fun cool like yeah but that was definitely a thing where when i think both of you had a hand in introducing me to a few of them yeah, and I was yeah. like, this is fun. I don't want to watch more of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of Tokusatsu, like, I was just saying to Michelle the other day, like, um, Joey is the one who, like, led me on this path, like, my big enabler <laughs> in terms of Tokusatsu, like, before I, right. I didn't really know a ton about it. But then, I don't know, you probably, like, shared some stuff on Twitter, uh, Ultraman, or, like, some retweeted, uh, some, some cool-looking GIFs. And, yeah the rabbit hole like it wasn't like right away like it took some time like watching the right show i believe but then space sheriff govan was just like a yeah an eye opener for me that that definitely made me say like okay um maybe i'm never gonna find something on this level again um but i want to explore it i want to know i want to know what's out there if if this has been hidden away from me my entire life (laughs) i need to know more um yeah that's that's the main thing now still (laughs) yeah yeah that tokusatsu stuff yeah you've got just like decades and hundreds of hours worth of material to mine that you know once you start digging into it Mm -hmm. yeah that was kind of a thing that i've always been like mildly into you know i got in my very first love for japanese media was godzilla movies and we've already talked a lot about godzilla movies uh and you know and then i think at some point i got introduced to uh, super sentai and ultraman and things like that mm-hmm. i definitely watched like power rangers when i was a kid oh yeah same, same, there were a sure. lot of these like ups and downs and then i was starting to kind of get into it i don't know 10 or 12 years ago and then it was really like the lockdown and the pandemic that it <laughs> made me like do a deep dive and suddenly i was watching like several shows at a time and joining discords where people are doing group watches and, <laughs> yeah. and all these things. And, and now it's like hooked in me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no leaving now We're <laughs> in this for the long run. And I feel like it's a good like lockdown vibe because it's like silly and fun and a half mm-hmm. hour for sure. And there's always something interesting going on and fun fights and interesting battles and yeah, it's yeah monsters. Mostly all, it's mostly all pretty light, you know, yeah. easily digestible. Like you, you get a constant like high, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, there's this also like those like 20 minutes episodes. So much is packed in there. There's like the repetition of it, like the formulaic stuff, but it almost becomes like comfort food. Like you mm-hmm. want to see them hit certain beats. Um, because i don't know that's just like uh soul food Mm. Um, but yeah for me also like i remember getting like really into godzilla and gamma and kaiju movies and then once i had seen all of those i was like okay and now uh, what do i do now i want to yeah 
I want to keep experiencing that. How do I do that? And I think mm-hmm. like for me, Ultraman was definitely like, oh, okay, I, I can do it this way. I, apparently there's like TV shows I can keep watching to get that hmm. kaiju high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those Godzilla movies that I watched as a kid were mostly all the Showa era stuff because oh, I yeah. don't think really, I think a few of the eighties movies were even out, but I would have been, it would have been in the eighties when I was watching these as a little yeah. kid. And so I really imprinted on those like 60s and 70s ones. And I think it's carried over to like that being my main era of interest in Japanese movies is Mm -hmm. always like 60s and 70s. I want contemporary movies where people are wearing sharp suits and, you know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) And and I think it's because it kind of really taps into uh, me loving those Godzilla movies. Um, Outside of that, um, you know, discovering the Chuck Yarrow or Chuck Rascals movies and the... um, Torison movies uh, that mm-hmm. I've been talking about. Well, I talk about all the time, but um, <laughs> are are real like those were real big uh, moments for me. I think I I kind of found both of those series around the same time, mm. and it's a kind of thing uh, like Tokusatsu where there's a ton of them. Like there's fifty yeah. of those Torison movies, uh, and I you know I started watching them just out of curiosity, and then ended up like by the end of it being so attached to the characters that because the initial 48 of those movies were filmed over 25 years. And so you watch these characters like grow and age, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. more or less in real time. And I, by the end, you know, I was so attached to these characters that I was like sad that I was out of those movies. And then I ended up finding more of that director's work because he's done other stuff besides just those 50 movies, which is insane. Uh, And, uh, and really, and, and Yoji Yamada is the director and he's turned out to be my favorite director. So um, that, that was a big uh, inspiration for me are the Torreson movies for sure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, uh, I've I've, I've translated a couple of Yoji Yamada movies even. um, And yeah, he's definitely a director. I want to watch more of, Want to watch more Torosa movies in, in general. Um, definitely a big fan of the Showa vibe also. Um, I don't know what like started that for me. It might have also just been like watching old kaiju movies. Um, mm. Like uh, I like Godzilla of all eras, but Showa is still number one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I, that make the, the tokusatsu stuff made me think about like... Um like i know that there's uh what is it uh tokushoutsu tv they do yeah. like a twitch stream but it mm-hmm. makes me want like i wish there was like a really you know deep uh archive of like let's just like somebody streaming it like 24 7 would just be i'm just gonna put this on <laughs> no matter where i start it's probably gonna be fun yeah <laughs> that'd be cool yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely the old stuff you can just pick him whenever yeah, it's all episodic at that point. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I see Tokusatsu being at a space that anime was at like 20 years ago, where mm. it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. starting to really pick up in yeah. official licenses and stuff. So, like, yeah, Discotheque um, is putting out uh, a bunch of stuff and then Shout mm. Factory, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, Mill Creek was doing all those Ultraman, oh, yeah, yeah, Ultraman. Oh, yeah. it's just all like Ultraman stuff, basically. even just like a couple years ago, there wasn't very many legal ways to yeah. watch these movies. So, I think it's just a matter of time before a lot of that stuff who knows what old shows yeah, uh, yeah. are going to be available but yeah. like gavin's out there you know mm-hmm. it's available now there's these beautiful blu-rays i just got 
mm. that set in and that show yeah that show moves like a rocket it's like it's so yeah. fun to watch and <laughs> yeah uh, i'm looking forward to watching that again yeah, yeah I, I wonder how much stuff like shin ultraman and shin common rider is doing for that as well you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To awareness um for sure mm. Yeah, and I do like that Shout does that stuff with Twitch. Like they have their MST3K Twitch, oh, and they yeah. have their Tokusatsu Switch. So if like you want to go, just watch some Common uh, Rider or Ultraman mm-hmm. or Super Sentai. I think they, I think they stream that on on Twitch all the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah for those uh, like Common Rider and Super Sentai, it's a bit harder because it all needs to be like on the level. But mm-hmm. for Tsuburaya, who do Ultraman, you know. You can watch most uh, all Ultraman shows just on YouTube. If it's mm. not the official Tsuburaya channel, yeah. it's just like people who've uploaded Ultraman shows on there. And <laughs> Tsuburaya doesn't really come down on those people. Yeah. They don't really care. <laughs> it's almost that they're like more happy that people are interested in those shows. And, yeah. and, and you can also get all the Mel Creek sets. Like I believe like almost every Ultraman show is now available on DVD or Blu-ray um outside of like the most recent shows and mm-hmm. those sets cost next to nothing like i mm. just got like um four shows for like i don't know like 50 dollars that's 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 super good super good deal so yeah, yeah. uh well that has been calls from the public and that has been our episode. Thank you for listening. Joey, thank you for coming. That was so much fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, this we got to have you back. And we'll for sure. just do this all over again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah where we'll where can people find sense. you? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, follow Pachinko Pop on Letterboxd if you want to read some Japanese movie reviews. Um, and if you're in the Athens, Georgia area, follow Pachinko Pop on Instagram, where we post about, um, you know, upcoming shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or if you're a Facebook user, you can join the Athens Flickr Film Society, which is uh, the the venue where oh. uh, I screen yeah. movies. Uh, but I'd say Instagram's a good spot for it. So, nice. uh, yeah, follow me there. Cool. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at YCKMD underscore. And Carlo is Carlo Go Carlo on Twitter and Psycho Pike on Letterboxd. That's um, right. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, thank you for listening. Don't forget to go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash backrowcineblog. You can see the video version of the show there. I know Rudodal mentioned in the Discord that he wanted to see your cats, and I think my cat heard and was climbing on me <laughs> earlier, so you'll see that. Uh, I'll post some photos of Sunny. She's yeah. she's not allowed in the recording studio. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise, until next time, thank you and goodbye. Bye. Oh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>